Hey y'all, this is Kara Diba and you're listening to The Grove Podcast. Just so you girls know, there's some serious beauty building at The Grove this year and it would not be the same without you. We really mean it. So thank you for listening today. This episode features Shelly Giglio in conversation with a national best-selling author. She's a personal development expert while also being a mom and a fellow podcaster. It's none other than our friend Christy Wright. Now here's something to ponder. What if balance isn't something that you do, but instead it's something that you create? Christy poses this question in her new book, Take Back Your Time, and you can actually get that anywhere books are sold now. And today, she and Shelly explore the ways we can feel proud and find peace about the ways we spend our time. If you ask me, what you want to listen closely for is a formula that Christy shares for how to be a good steward of what's in our hands each day and in every season, even, you know, in those seasons when the ground is seeming to shift beneath your feet. As you're listening, consider who might need to hear this message and share it with them. And after, we would love it if you would rate and review us because it's the best way to ensure these messages reach other women seeking light and significant truth. As always, be sure to check out our show notes for information about how to stay connected with The Grove and to be encouraged today and always. All right, that wraps it up for our intro. So it's time to get started right now with Shelly Giglio and Christy Wright. How is your summer? It's good. It's good. It's like, it, I feel like I'm uh, I'm switching gears right now, you know, from like playtime to like, okay, now we're starting to like ramp it up and do all the fun things of the book, which I'm also so excited about, but like, you know, getting school calendars and just, it's like can, kind of sort of starting to transition back into normal. Yeah. Some, out of summer mode. Well, speaking of your book, I'm really excited about it. And I love that you wrote on this title, which we've talked about in I think many times we've been on a couple of panels together where we discussed it, but your book, Take Back Your Time, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance. What a great title. Oh, thank you. I love how active it is, but I also love the subtitle because I think that guilt is such a piece of this and it just kills me, Shelly. Like, I think we, it's not just a time issue. I see so many women and they just walk around weighed down by guilt. They feel like they're failing. I hear it in their conversations. And I just, I, I just don't think that's true. And I also don't think that's how we're called to live. And so I wanted to even kind of address the issue behind, below the issue. You know what I mean? Not yeah, just the calendar Yeah, why do you think there's so much it. shame related to our time? I mean, why does it feel like we're carrying a burden that we can't quite live under? Well, I'll tell you for me, I, I did notice there was a pattern in my guilt um, for years I I always focused on where I was not. So when I was at work, mm. I was thinking about my kids and all the other things I was supposed to do at home. And did I miss out on field day? Do they need me? Did I forget their lunch? I also need to be doing this, that, and the other. Then I would go home and I would think about work. Oh, I, I need to write that blog. I need to do that social media post. I forgot that deadline, et cetera. So when I was at home, I thought about work. When I was at work, I thought about home. And I was always focused on where I was not. And so I think we can kind of acknowledge that if you live your whole life this way, always focused on where you are not, then of course you feel guilty because yeah. you're always focused on where you're not, but yeah. you also totally rob yourself of experiencing the moment that you're in. And we do it with our to-do list. We'll put 45 things on our to-do list and we'll get 43 done. 
and we feel bad that we didn't get those last two done. And that's what we focus on. And so for me, one of the simple practices that I've started doing is just to flip my focus to what's in front of me. As simple as it sounds, be where your feet are, wherever you are, be there. So when I'm at work, I'm thinking about work and I'm not thinking about my kids. And when I'm at home, I'm thinking about my kids and I put my phone down, my computer away, and I look them in the eyes and get on the floor and play and wrestle. That simple practice Mm-hmm. of being present in the moment that I'm actually living in has not only allowed me to experience those moments, I enjoy them more, I feel more balanced, I shake the guilt, and I'm actually proud of how I spend my time. And that's just one tiny change that's helped that. So I, I think I think that's one piece of it is a lot of times we're always focused on where we're not. We're scrolling social media, we've got FOMO, we're comparing ourselves to other people, but we're always focused on where we're not and what we're not doing. So we're just weighed down by guilt from that. Yeah, when you mentioned, um, well, you're you're a mom of three kids, which I love, and a lot of our listeners with Grove Podcast obviously are moms, and they're balancing both work and home life, and trying to figure out what that what that I guess happy medium is. Yeah. And like you're suggesting, trying to be present where they are, but feeling like, particularly in their mind, that they struggle with what they're not doing well. And I think yeah. there's a level of perfectionism that's put over our lives that we're all trying to attain. That honestly isn't just quite attainable. Right. It doesn't. That's the thing about balance that I think sometimes when we speak of balance, we speak of it in such a way that we act like it's attainable. Yeah. And I think, I think the way that I'm always asked about it is how do you balance it all? Balance is always a verb. How do you balance it all? How do you balance everything? And we've got all the analogies. We walk a tightrope. We spin the plates. We juggle the balls. And <laughs> honestly, that just sounds exhausting. It does. And, and it is for most people. And, yeah. Yeah. And full of anxiety. Yep. And so I just started asking a different question. What if balance isn't something you do, like a verb, how you balance it all? What if it's a feeling you could create, even if you're busy, even if you're in a hard season? So it, it's something where you can create a sense of balance in your life and take the pressure off of yourself to do everything. So the the whole thesis of the book is life balance isn't doing everything for an equal amount of time. I think like we think it is. Yeah. Instead, it's doing the right things at the right time. And when you do that, when you do the right things at the right time, you will actually feel that sense of balance that you've been looking for. The pressure's off. You don't have to do everything every day, and you shouldn't. It's not realistic. It's not desirable. But you can become a balanced person Hmm. in an out-of-balance world. You can be a person that has a sense of peace and balance and confidence even during a busy season. And so I think I, I wanted to redefine how we talk about it and bring something new to the conversation that hopefully doesn't make people feel more pressure. It's the exact opposite. It lets them know the pressure's off. You have permission to focus on what's right right now for you. And then guess what? When that changes, you can change it too. And so in each season, we define what life balance means to us and we can create that sense of balance even when things are out of balance. That's so good. How do you how do you know what season you're in as far as the balance? So you talk about life balance, but I think within life, there are seasons in life and sometimes the balance looks one way, and sometimes the balance looks a different way. And I do like that you described balance, because I think in its nature, the description and meaning of balance is equal parts, mm-hmm. you know, so that there's weight on one side and there's the exact same weight on the other. And rarely in my life have I ever experienced that kind of equal weight. 
You know what's interesting too, though, Shelly, is like even if we do balance it perfectly, like equally dividing everything, we can still say we don't feel balanced. That's and so true. I think, I think we don't want the right, I don't think we're asking the right questions sometimes. I think what we really want, if I'm just totally honest, I think we want to be happy. I think we want to feel at peace. I think we want to feel good about how we spend our time. And I think that you can do that. I think all of that is attainable. And that's what I would wrap in the word um, feeling balanced. You know, the synonyms are more like peace and confidence and and happiness and being proud of how you spend your time rather than I've got everything equally balanced because you can do that and still feel as if something's not right. Yeah, and I know you well enough, I think, to know that that even in the the message that's implied in the word balance, that you're you're really speaking to me about leverage, about mm. taking what's in your hand and being a good steward of that, whether that's being present at home, being present at work, being applying your gifts toward a common purpose or goal. I feel like you're you're creating in people the concept that you can take what's in your hand and do a good job with it. Right? Yeah, and, and that's that's definitely my goal. And I think I'm kind of processing this out loud with you, even as you talk about I love it. how you determine what um, what balance looks like in any given season. I would say for me, and it may be different for different people, but I would say there's really three main buckets of things you should consider um, in a season. And, and by the way, I think that sometimes we, you know, may get our idea of success and then our season changes and we don't adapt to it and we just hold our feet to the fire of what was true six months ago or yeah. six years ago and then we wonder why our life feels out of whack. It's like, well, that's that's not your season anymore for that. That's um, great. So there is an aspect of, of adaptability for your season. But I would say, okay, if I was just going to tell you three buckets to consider in a season, one bucket to consider is the very real restraints of your life. So for example, um, someone has a newborn Okay, well, there's some very real practical implications of you're waking up in the night, you might be on maternity leave, you have a newborn to feed. Like, that's a real thing. Like, balance exactly. is not going to look yes. like it does when you've got a 10-year-old that sleeps in, okay? So, you've got very real restraints. Maybe you're going into a busy season at work, um, you know, whatever that looks like. So, there's real restraints. A second thing to consider is what type of season God is taking you through. And this, in my experience, will often... Um, turn your ideas on its head. <laughs> you know, what we think he's going to do is often not what he does. Exactly. And so, um, I don't even know if I've caught up with you about this, Shelly, but I am in seminary right now. Oh, which, I love when, it. Oh, Shelly, when God called me to seminary, I argued for six months, okay? Like, you want to talk about, like, th- pitching a fit. I just was like, God, like, that's for really smart people, God. That's for really academic people. That's for people that, you know, I had all the excuses. But as God has called me to this, and I finally, you know, submitted and and applied, and I'm being and being obedient, you know, my version of balance in this season, while launching a book, having three kids aged six and under, and being in seminary, is not like anybody else's version would be either. Because right. all of us, what God's taking us through is different. God has taken me through wilderness seasons where I feel like I'm in survival mode, and that's the best I can do. And so I think there's a real element of there. there there's a theme often to what God is taking us through, what He's shaping in us or drawing us to or, or whatever. So, so there's, the, there's the practical implications of your season. There's also the, the God-led part of your season of what is God? Is, is there a theme? Is there something He's leading you to or leading you through or, or whatever? And then I think there's a third one that, um, that is important and, again, tactical, but what do you want? in this season. Mm. So I do this three times a year, Shelly, and mine typically fall 
on the calendar seasons. So at the beginning of the fall, I'll say to myself, what do I want for this season? What do I want this season to look like in my life and my family and my work? And I just try to visualize what is important to me in this new season. I do the same thing in the spring and I do it in the summer. And I'll tell you, what balance looks like for me in the summer is very different than what it looks like in the fall. I was just telling you in the middle of switching gears, the summer has been playing and playgrounds and picnics and outside and going to the lake. And this fall, it's on the road and casting the vision and sharing the message and um, being available to people. And so uh, it looks different in any season, but I think those are, I guess, just really three buckets to consider. What are the practical implications and restraints of your season? What is God showing you in this season? And then what do you want for this season? And then through that, you can come up with, with your version of balance in this season. And again, it's not perfect, but it is something that is more realistic and desirable for where you are and where God has you. I love that. I want to go back to the seminary thing for a second, but I, I also just <laughs> want to say that I think your your heart to take comparison out of your common um, ways of thinking. So, so in all of those three things that you just mentioned, none of them included looking around at, at other people and deciding what they're doing and therefore putting that on yourself. Yeah. All those included yeah. asking God, what do you have for me? Looking at yourself, what do I feel like I need to be investing in? And what do I feel like I'm supposed to be doing right now? Those those questions have a lot less to do with everybody else and a lot more to do with our relationship with God and mm-hmm. what He's telling us in this season that we are supposed to be about and how we're stewarding what we have. And I feel like you you speak to that so well because you give us the practicalities. And in the practicalities, we can tell that we're not so much supposed to be compared to every other new mom or mom of three kids or mom of three kids that works. Now I'm supposed to look at her and go, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? (laughs) But we're supposed to look at God and say to Him, hey, you gave me this life. I have breath from you. So what is the purpose of this season? And I do think he He will answer that if we give Him an opportunity to. So I love that you're that you're telling us how to do that practically. It's beautiful. Talk about seminary for a second. What what are your purposes in going back? I mean, I know as Grove Girls, we love the idea of being rooted in the Word of God, of knowing the Word, of hiding it, of understanding it for ourselves, not just being taught from platforms, but actually being yeah. in the Word ourselves. So we're big fans of the idea, but what what drove you to be seminary educated? Yeah. Well, you know, Shelly, it's funny because um, our friendship really started with the Propel Tour, you know, in 2017. That was the first time that God placed me in the faith world, I I would say, in that way. Around, around, you know, brilliant Bible teachers in this space. And, And it stirred something in me. It ignited something of the desire to teach Scripture, to walk in, 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 in this type of influence in the faith world that I hadn't in the past, but that was just the beginning. And so about a year ago, I'd say God would kind of like drop the idea of seminary in my mind. And I immediately brushed it away because Shelly, I met the Lord through young life as a sophomore in high school. I I mean, I remember being at dinner with y'all often on the Propel Tour and y'all would talk about things that I didn't even know you were talking about because I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, sure I, I didn't grow up in the church. About them, but I know, you know some people that probably were. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know it. what I mean? Like they would like they would reference things, and I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking. Like, I love like, that. I don't so know. Much. Just just but Christian you know church what? It didn't language. You know what I mean? You it piqued your interest, no. and that's pretty amazing. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And so so as God would drop this in my mind, I just um, brushed it off. Brushed it off. That's for academics. That's for really smart people. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time, Lord. Literally, this is not the season for that. Are you crazy? And so then um, after about six months of this, very subtly, there was one day during my quiet time, uh, Matt came downstairs and um, I said, I need to tell you something that God's put on my heart. And he said, okay. And God, I'm getting choked up even as I talk about it. I love that. I said, I feel God calling me to call to go to seminary and tears just started streaming. And I knew, I was so mad. I knew with those tears, I had to do it because mm-hmm. I was like, the tears are, this is, I have to Sealing do it. Sealing the deal. Like, yeah, I've I've given it power and speaking the words out loud, mm-hmm. and um and that really set the ball rolling. I started asking uh, around Christy McClellan, a friend of mine here in Nashville, Bible teacher, and um, Christine Kane certainly asked her, and, mm-hmm. and finding the right program, and ended up at Fuller Online. It's a fully online program, obviously. Yeah, and um, everyone's like, "How are you going to do this?" take my sweet time, yeah. <laughs> one yeah. class at a time. But what the, the words that God has given me is that I want to understand the Bible with more accuracy and more authority. And so as he's, as he's drawing me into the faith world, as he's stirring in me the desire to teach Scripture, I want the context and history and knowledge beautiful. of the Bible to be able to teach it with more accuracy and more authority. Um, and I have no idea what he's going to do with that. But I but I will say the thing that I just can't stop talking about when I talk about seminary is obedience unlocks the blessing. And obedience is why you were crying, Christy. Yeah. That yeah. moment of saying yes to God is the, one of the most yeah. powerful emotional things we will ever do in life. Yeah. When yeah. we just yeah. say, okay, God, I I— have all my reasons why I shouldn't be doing this right now. I have all the backup because I got three kids asleep upstairs while I'm up at whatever time in the morning trying to get some space with you, right? Right. So I definitely have reasons why this isn't good. And yet when I obey, I feel an emotional release because I know that's what I'm called to do. Yes, I, your your shoulders relax and you deep you breathe a deep sigh of relief because the tension you felt in not obeying is now released yeah. as you have aligned your spirit with God's will for your life and it is so powerful. Um, and, and I just think that I think there's so many people will talk themselves out of things because it's sure. not practical. And I'm going, yeah. look at the Bible; none of it's practical, yeah. y'all. Like, no, like, yes, you need to check it and check it and make sure you're hearing God, not just go fly off on a on a whim, you know, because you you had a exactly. an idea one day. Yeah, but but there's something so powerful in obeying. So I'm in my first class. I'm in you know week four of my first class, and I have no idea what God wants to do with it. I just know that whatever He wants to do with it or me seminary is a step on the journey. So I'm just following this step in front of me that he's got for me. I love that so much. So talk for a minute because I've always known you to be a person who cares deeply for women and Mm -hmm. mostly about women being set up for success. And Mm -hmm. some of that I think comes from your history. I know when you were young, you watched your mom go through this process of setting up a business you watched people assist her. Tell us that story a little bit and how that planted a seed in you for wanting also to help women do the same kind of thing. Yeah, my mom actually started her um, cake shop when I was six months old with $64 to her name. She was newly um, separated from my dad and divorced and found herself as a single mom mm-hmm. with no money. And so she 
kind of went into survival mode and started this bakery, a bakery that she still runs to this day, by the way, 38 years later. It got, you know, it became a a legit small business for all of my, yeah, yeah, all my middle school and high school years. And, but I think the thing that is so interesting, certainly being raised by a woman primarily, I have a great relationship with my dad now, but being raised by her primarily and being an only child and she was a single mom, we were more like best friends than mother and daughter probably. But I think I'm also, um, just in my personality and my story, I'm kind of a girl's girl. I've never been a a guy's girl. Like I never had a, I mean, I had some guy friends, but I just feel like I am every woman. All the things that, that the women I talk to or work with or speak to struggle with, those are things I struggle with. I'm, I'm not, I, I haven't arrived. And so there's something in me that goes, Hey, how can I use, um, either the wisdom God has given me or insights he's given me or the platform he's given me to say, I get it. And here's, here's, here's some hope in that area, or I get it, or here's some practical steps in that, that area. Um, it's not because I've got it figured out. I mean, Shelly, I wrote the book. I need it. <laughs> like, I, yeah, when we're I, all in a process, I, all things, it's, it, nobody you know, has yeah. anything figured out. We're yeah. all in the process. So that's, yeah, but I think there's just such a relatable factor of like, I, yeah. I'm in the, in it's the authentic. trenches and that's why I want to talk about it because yep. I'm like going, this is what I struggle with. So maybe it can help, you know, someone else too. That's so beautiful. And I love, I love that you feel like you aren't just stewarding what's in your hand for your own benefit. And I think so many of us sometimes feel like we're in such a process that it's almost debilitating as far as sharing mm-hmm. it. Because mm-hmm. it's like we just kind of want to sit on it until it all gets sorted. Yeah, And once it's all sorted, then sure, I'll be glad to share it. I'll probably be 108 by then, but right. I'll be glad to go back <laughs> to all you 20-year-olds and tell you how it works. But I know for me, what I've learned is to share things as they are in process. And it, mm-hmm. A, creates vulnerability with people to say, it isn't all sorted, and it's not all shiny, and it doesn't have a bow around it, and it doesn't look like I'm sure what it's going to look like forever. But for now. This is how I feel like God's leading. This is what I feel like He's doing. This is kind of what I'm understanding of His character or person through this season. And that resonates so deeply with all of us because we don't have it figured out. And there really isn't a point in time where we think that's coming. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure when I'm 60, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm 57 now. I should know more, (laughs) right? I I should have figured this out by now, but I'm still in a process. And I just feel like that openness about God working in our lives in the midst of these seasons is what is really helpful to people. So talk about people behind you. Talk about how you're inspired to help them. And just talk about practical ways that you think that we could do a better job of opening our lives up to that kind of help. You know, it's interesting because even as you talked about that, of of how we feel like we have to have got it all figured out before we can share it. Uh, something just came to mind, so I'm just going to share it because it just came to mind. But uh, my pastor here in Nashville, Darren Whitehead, he said one time when he was talking about um, giving, it was a sermon on giving. Mm-hmm. He said, when you give anonymously, the natural result is that the recipient will praise God because they yeah. don't have anyone else to praise. Yeah, that's so good. And e- even as you said that, that, that example came to mind for me because I thought— you know, I don't think it's bad to share things that you have come through. That's part of your story and you can give God praise and so on. But when you share something as it's in process, it's almost like you are actively 
demonstrating faith in God because you don't know how it's going to turn out. And, right. and by that example, you're inviting others yeah. to have faith in God in the same way when they have things that aren't figured out versus here's a perfect bow on it. Here's how it all turned out for me. There's something in that too. But I think that there's something so, like you said, vulnerable and real that that in maybe an even more powerful way points people to God because when they see your your struggle in process, they feel community in their own struggle. And then the natural result is it draws them closer to the Father, not to you and all your answers. Um, but it's interesting, Shelly, because I, I I have been working with this idea the last like year or so, and I really feel like it's an idea that God has put on my heart, where one of the things that I hope to do in my life, in my work mm. that I do, is I want to bridge the gap between the faith world and the personal development. Oh world. my gosh! And I'm, I was just having a conversation about this. <laughs> oh really, Christy? Okay. This is so, well timed, girl. Come on with it. Okay. Well, here, here's the thing. I I see them a little bit. Shelly, look down on each other, right? Like mm. like the faith world is just like it's 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 just Jesus. It's just Jesus, which it is Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. But steps are not bad, and principles and practices and, and best practices is not a is not an evil mm. thing. You know, God gave us uh, brains and He gave us wisdom and education. And anyway, so so I don't so I see that, and then I also see the the personal development world can be so. Uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, do it yourself, yeah. hustle, 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 and you don't even consider God. And so I, I don't think either of them have it totally figured out, but I think they could each benefit from the other. And so, you know, the phrase I hear all the time that I just love is, we're going to work like it all depends on us and pray like it all depends on God. You're going to need both. And so I feel like God has given me a vision to to bring these worlds together, to show the personal development world, the self-help world, like your creator your creator has the best ideas in the world. Yes. And if you want to know what you should do with your life, you need to start by seeking the one that gave you life. Yes. And talking to the faith world like, hey, hey, girl, I love your faith. I love your passion. I love your excitement for the Lord. Also, let's get your bank account out of overdraft. Yep. Let's go ahead and work out. Let's get it together. Let's get a routine. Let's like these are not bad things. Yes, like let's let's right. let's be good stewards of yes. our time, money, talent, energy, all the things. So so yeah, I just I want to bring I want both. I want the inspiration and the information. I want to help people um seek the Lord and then do the best with what they have in front of them right now. That is just the most brilliant thing and I feel like um the sacred and the secular divide are never yes. divide that was created by God. And mm. when we divide things up, it's our it's because of our lack of understanding. And I get it. We're human. We don't get it all. God obviously has the higher view. He says his ways are way higher than ours. His understanding no one can fathom. So I'm like, when I hear that about God, I know he's mysterious. And I know I'll never figure him all out. And I mm -hmm. love it. That's what makes him God. But I also mm -hmm. don't want to discount his principles and ways in my life right. and excuse it by, well, it's just about faith. It is about faith. Listen, faith is my primary gift, and I am so all about faith. I would not be where I am in life if I hadn't believed and trusted God in places in my life that I can't even explain. It's the obedience that you were talking about earlier of just saying, God, I surrender I know this is what you're saying, and I'm going to go for it with you. So I definitely believe that faith plays a major role in our life. But I also believe in the principles of Scripture that God has laid out. And most of the principles that the secular world uses were first described and prescribed by God. 
Yes. He's the one who yes. came up with the concept of living according to your means. Right. Right. It's not right. a concept that the business world came up with. I'm sorry. Right. Right. When he talks right. about being a good steward and he hands people investment and says, hey, I want to know what you're going to do with this. And I'm going to come back and take an account with you. Did you bury it? Did you invest it? Did you give it? What'd you do with this? I, that's a God. That's a parable. That's a scripture. And it's yeah, not yeah. just a principle for how to run a business. So I think your tie-in of bringing those things together in people's minds and hearts is, are only going to help us take what God's given us as far as life and to move it forward and to do it in a way that really brings honor to Him. Well, I, I, that's certainly my hope. I mean, I, you know, how you spend your time is how you spend your life. And so I want to help people see that opportunity uh, as what it is, like what an unbelievable gift that is. But I, I love how you you describe this the separation between the secular and the sacred because, um, like in the in the book, for example, I, I give uh, eight questions to ask yourself before you say yes to something, love and it. these are like guidelines, right? Yeah. Like it's not a formula. Like the, you have to check everybody. She's like, hey, if you're having trouble making decisions, here's some questions to ask yourself. Mm. And then in the very same paragraph, it says, but when the Holy Spirit prompts you. All formulas go out the window. When the Holy Spirit prompts you, you drop everything and obey that prompting. Yeah. But what I what I see sometimes, Shelly, is like, you know, when uh like there's a chapter on priorities, and I actually I actually wrote this in the book, which is a little sassy, but that's you know, that's my personality. So I that's do fine. like the sass. But it's like so some people will say, like, I've got my priorities. They're God, other, self, in that order. And I'm like, that's a fantastic Sunday school answer that is very impractical for real-life time management. Like, what are you doing right now? What are What's on your calendar? What matters to you? So it's not— it, it it doesn't have to be either or. It's like it's like yes, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna map my calendar out with intentionality. I'm gonna steward my time. I'm gonna ask God and look at my my environment, my world, my family. What is most important right now? And put it on paper. And then, and then if God interrupts my day and says, "Hey, we're going over here," you drop everything and follow the Holy Spirit's prompting. So but good. you don't live in this floating around in outer space. Uh, strategy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> waiting for Gabriel to appear and tell you what do you to do on a Monday morning. You need a plan. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just both. It's just both. You it know? is. And I do think, you know, the other side, <clears throat> just to speak to it too, and I know that this is your heart, is that if we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us, He will lead us. But oftentimes He leads us by our schedules, by our time, by the ways that we show up for people, by our intentionality. I mean, nothing in my life honestly would be accomplished without intending to accomplish it, without yes. making space, yes. by clearing out other things, by saying the right yeses to the right things. That's how I actually make a difference in people's lives. And I think oftentimes when we're just in that ooey-gooey feeling, we want to know it's God and I just want the presence of God. I'm like, I love the presence of God. But the presence of God wants you to wake up with some intentionality in your life and decide some things about your life that you can then invest in that are going to make a huge difference on earth. And so I'm with you. It is both wed together in this beautiful tension of God leading us through lots of practical ways and things. And I well, love and I that he does that. I don't know if you've ever felt this, Shelly, but I can't tell you how many times, and I, and I talk about this pretty openly because I struggle with wanting to be the hero, wanting to save the mm. day. My default answer is yes to everything all the time. Mm. And so, and so I share some of those like, you know, personal examples, but I can't tell you 
how many times I have done something that I thought was in the name of service, that I thought was in the name of helping others. And, oh, I just, I'm just so helpful. I can't help it. I just, God calls us to help and God <laughs> calls us to serve. And here I go, yourself. just yes. serving, serving. <laughs> I'm such a servant. And then I end up bitter and grouchy and resentful hmm. doing this thing. And I'm like, oh, but I'm doing it for you, Lord. And the Lord is literally like, please, no, I never asked you to do this. Yes. I never asked you to do this. Yeah. You did this on your own. And you wonder why you're all out of sorts. Mm. I never asked you to do this. This is not yours to carry. Mm. And because I wanted to be a people pleaser or because I wanted to say yes or because I wanted to be the hero and call it Christian and call it holy and got myself into things I had no business being a part of, I was resentful and grouchy because it wasn't right for me. And, mm. and so I think there's an element of this that sometimes we carry things that are not ours because we're not seeking the Lord, like you just said. If we seek Him, He'll lead us to what is our yes. yes. He'll also lead us to what is our no. That. Yeah. Can we just pray for you? I'd love to just, I feel like um, that God has you in this very significant moment, obviously for great purpose. And without missing the purpose, we want to mostly seek God. (laughs) We want to know the purpose. We know He's going to unfold that for your life. But we really, I want to pray that you'll just keep your eyes fixed on Him. Mm, and just like you. he's led you to these moments of seminary, to this moment of this book writing, to this moment with your family, that he would continue to lead you in such significant ways, Christy, that he would put you in platforms and places that you never imagined you would be with a message of God's goodness, grace, and calling on your life so that he could do exactly what's in his heart for your life. So can I just pray that over you? Thank you so much. Yes, of course. Lord, um, we just say yes and amen to everything that you're teaching us today. Thank you for guiding Christy's life. Just hearing her testimony of the ways you've showed up for her is blessing us today. So thank you for the privilege of just standing beside her today and listening to her story and listening to the way that you're leading her life and saying, thank you, God. You are so good. You are so kind and you are so gracious to us. So we just want to recognize you today primarily, and we want to pray for Christy in Jesus' name that she can keep showing up to the yes that you have called her to, that you would make it clear, that you would give her people around her to help guide her through these questions of where she should be and when she should be there, of how she should spend her time, of how she should invest in the kingdom today, and that you would make that so abundantly clear to her and for her. God, thank you for blessing her in ways that she can't imagine. I do pray for the ways that you'll use her life in this next season as you open up all these opportunities for her to be on platforms she didn't imagine, to stand in front of people that she didn't know she would be with, to be in boardrooms with leaders that she didn't know she would have influence over. God, thank you for the opportunity. I pray that mostly when she shows up, that people wouldn't walk away with principles or understanding but they would walk away in awe of you, that they would look at Christy's life and they would think, wow, that girl has been with God, and I want to know more about that. And so I pray that you would just open those doors for her in Jesus' name and make the path straight, and we're trusting you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you so much. Love you more than you know, girl. Now that is a beautiful reminder to share our lives with others. You know, at The Grove, we pray often that God would help us offer our lives as cool, refreshing shade to the people in our path. And so today, what that reminds me of is that that means 
all the time when life is in process, in confusion, and in clarity. So thank you, Christy, for inviting us to rethink how we spend our time, because we know in doing that, that allows obedience to unlock the blessings only Jesus could imagine for us and the people around us. So if you were awakened by the message of how God prompts and leads us when we bring intentionality to our days, remember to share this episode with someone around you that needs this encouragement as well. Remember, we mean it when we say we're grateful for the time you spent with us today, and we can't wait to meet you back right here for the next episode of The Grove Podcast.